This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. This episode of iFreaks is brought to you in part by Postcards. Postcards is the simplest way to allow user feedback from right inside your application. With just a simple gesture, anyone testing your app can send you a postcard containing a screenshot of the app and some notes. It's a great way to handle bug reports and feature requests from your client. It takes five minutes to set up, and the first five postcards each month are free. Get started today by visiting www.postcard.es. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel we have Alondo Brewington. Hello from North Carolina. James Zuber. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, and that's Constantine Jacob. Hi. Do you want to- from Hamburg, Germany. Oh, cool. Do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Sure. My name is Constantine. I'm from Hamburg, Germany, up north, and I'm, yeah, mainly iOS developer, I guess, but I kind of fiddle with everything, all platforms, and I just learned how to do like Ruby stuff and Rails stuff, and yeah, I'm getting there somehow. Somehow, huh? Yeah. Yeah, those Ruby on Rails, they're hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we brought John today to talk about HealthKit, which was announced in June, if I remember right. Yes. Do you want to kind of give us a quick overview of what it is and what it's supposed to be capable of? Well, basically, HealthKit is just uh, a local database for all these health applications to store and retrieve data into. Mm-hmm. So basically, you initially make a request to like read and write data or like maybe you just want to read or maybe you just want to write data and so the user has to like set all the permissions they want and you get the okay or you don't and then you can as a developer you can after that read and write as much as you want out of that database and I just guess it's like an SQLite database or something because every once in a while it's like really slow, like the queries. But on general, like the APIs are really, really good and like everything works really well. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of HealthKit and I've opened the Health app on my phone, but it doesn't show anything. I just barely figured out how to get it to integrate with my Fitbit. And so, uh, you know, I've been looking into that. What kind of information are, are we talking about here with, with HealthKit? Out of the box, you only get some kind of a like step counter, and with having the information of these steps, it like tells you how far you went, like and like distance. And with the iPhone six and six plus, they added like yeah a way to to measure height. So they over that kind of stuff, they measure like if you went up like stairs and downstairs and. So that those kind of exercises or activities you do over the day. 
And something really nice is that you ha- if you have like an accessory, like Bluetooth accessory for any kind of stuff, so like hard rate, like a monitor or something, uh, you can just connect it over Bluetooth and HealthKit will detect it and just get the data right out of it and stores it into HealthKit. Now, Constantine, are these values that you're storing, the, the metrics, are they all predefined or is there any flexibility in in like the ability to add new health data? No, they're all predefined. So you you can't say like, uh, I don't know. So you can't do like half of a step or something. So it's like it's steps and so it's like all these, yeah, like information, they're like predefined by Apple and you can like use these. So it's like all the metrics are kind of predefined. So let's say that I build an app. Maybe it's a, a running app or a jump roping app or something. And I want to integrate it to HealthKit. How do I get started with that? There is the really nice reference, like framework reference on the developer at Apple com website and I got started with the example application they posted there it's called fit and it kind of shows you like how to do it and it shows you like neat little tricks to like make your code better kind of so they re they boost you really with that and because there's like there's a crazy amount of like variables and values and everything you have to remember to like get the correct information you want to do or you want to like retrieve or write or whatever so that's really really complicated in my opinion but i understand why they had to go there because they have like for example all these units they support it's like crazy amount of units they support so like you have to make that really wide and like support a lot of stuff and therefore you like as a developer you have to go a long way but they have to go a long way as well but from how stable the framework and everything is it's like it's really really good very cool so does it sync data in so it seems like the health app pulls data from other sources and then aggregates it onto my iphone so you know, the health app then shows the dashboards, which have all the information. So, like, if I went running today, um, then it would show uh, the activity that my Fitbit logs, and it would put it into the health app. Is this done by some kind of syncing of the data from one app on the phone to another? Or is it, you know, a more direct, hey, here's some information, go for it? No, it's more like a direct information. It's like if you have the permissions to write data into the health, or into HealthKit, which basically is just a database, uh, you can just store everything in there and you have to provide like the amount you want to store and like a start date and end date and all this kind of stuff. And you also get the source, which is kind of nice because if you want to, for example, I don't know, do some fitness calculations or something i don't know but prevent people from like cheating you can just query for sources so like you can say like i accept everything except the data that was manually entered into HealthKit or into the health application and therefore you can like prevent people from cheating or whatever which is really really nice hmm so does apple do anything with this or is there a way to read the data out of HealthKit so that i can build my own reports or, you know, do other things with it? 
yes, you can. Yeah, you just have to ask for permission. When you get the permission, you can read the data. And after that, you can do some on some of your own statistics. And Apple uses, I forgot what the name was. The I'm looking for the name of the little extra sensor that was added in the iPhone 5S, I think, like the motion sensor. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's the M7 sensor, whatever. That kind of sensor. And with that came core location. Oh, no, core location, core motion. And basically they use core motion to to get, like, the step information. So, like, the steps you've taken, like, count that. And then they just, like, calculate how far you went and all this kind of stuff. So that's what, what Apple uses to provide these kind of information. And when you open up HealthKit for the first time, like, on the dashboard, like, I guess for not having the dashboard entirely empty, so like kind of getting started for the user, they provide like the steps you've taken and they use core motion for that, I believe, but I guess that's quite plausible. So the reason that it doesn't track my steps then is because I have an iPhone 5 and it doesn't have that sensor in it? I believe so. Because one of my friends has an iPhone 6 and it shows all of his you know steps and this and that and the other and I was like, I was like, holy cow, so I opened mine up and nothing. <laughs> and it was like empty. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. was like, oh, man. There's a, because I, I had the 5 and the 5S, and um, I noticed that when I did accept that one of the apps, the pedometer app, actually had the previous seven days of motion data captured already so that I could see without having to start. And that was a nice thing to actually see what I what I'd been doing the previous week, not having to sort of keep track of it once I started and wait another seven days to get an idea of what type of walking I was doing. Yeah, no, you can, when you ask for core motion, it's like this activity data, you can ask for like, it stores up to two weeks, I believe the information and you can like, you can retrieve the data from like the past two weeks and then show it. So when you use core motion, it, like, you actually have to save the data yourself. And if you use HealthKit, which is a big advantage, like it's a huge database and it just stores everything forever if you don't delete it, basically. And you can like reach back to information from like any time as long as it's in there. So are you seeing like for, for right now, it seems just from an initial look at the HealthKit data, I think it's, it's nice. I actually use a couple of pedometer apps. Um, just to try to track my motion, but I haven't really seen much outside of step tracking. Are you seeing some other uses using some of the other information that's available inside of HealthKit? Yes, there is. I, for example, have a Polar H7. It's like a, it's a belt you put around your chest to measure your heart rate. And that directly works with HealthKit, for example. Like you don't need any extra application from like Polar or whatever. Like you just connect it over Bluetooth and you have instantly information in your health kit, which is really nice. So if you, I don't know, want to track any kind of like workouts or something, you can buy your, yourself uh, appropriate accessories and you might not even need extra applications from these developers so that health kit works like with these third party accessories right out of the box. And Apple has an, in this store, has an extra, when you go into accessories, there's like an extra category that says health kit. 
Yeah, I was curious about that. And that sort of leads into one of my follow-up questions, which was just, it seems like as a developer, I'm, I'm trying to find a way in to take advantage of the health kit data, but it seems like it sort of at this stage requires some sort of hardware device versus just being able to use the phone directly. Am I correct? Am I maybe, am I being a little too pessimistic there? Yes and no. For most data, obviously it comes from outside of the iPhone because the iPhone just can't provide, provide the data. Like there's no really a way to like, I don't know get the hard rate or something. Like there is an application that uses that uses the camera and like some crazy algorithm for it. And apparently it's quite accurate. But like I'm what I'm trying to say there's like not really a way to get like vital signs from the human body from like the the iPhone itself. So you you need some kind of a yeah, some kind of an accessory. But something you could definitely do is with core motion you can well there's like a uh like a method that tells you if it's like if you're walking or cycling or driving in your car or whatever and under fitness they have distance with bicycle so you could ask for the activity like with your application just to get started to like do something dumb little application you could ask for the permissions in core motion to check the data with the bike, like the distance, and then store that into HealthKit because Apple doesn't do that right now, which I don't understand because they do the steps. And I actually thought about doing that myself. Okay. So it's like if you if you remember the the Moves application, which is totally outdated by now because apparently they don't care anymore. They did all this with core motion, basically, with the core motion framework. And you could easily use the same framework and just store that into HealthKit. And that's kind of a really good starting point, I guess, with HealthKit for an, if you like, if you're curious, because it doesn't need like any extra accessory or whatever. You can just do that and like track your, your bicycle riding activities with core location and core motion. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to uh, move move into sort of integrating into one of our sports apps, sort of tracking player activity, maybe from a coach or sort of a fitness plan, to, a way to uh, share that data, which leads to my next question. Is this information restricted to the current user? Because it seems like there would be implications if you were trying to share this, although it would be really useful if you could. Where so- would you share it to? So say for instance, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach and I want to make sure my kids are all, you know, getting their running in when they're not at practice. And so the kids have like a Fitbit or an iPhone or something like that. I was trying to come up with a way, a scenario that I could actually get that information as a coach to make sure people are following the fitness plan. I mean, I guess it would apply to a trainer with, with clients as well. Oh yeah. You could do that from right now. The docs say from that. The docs from Apple say that by the time you get the permission to read the data out of the health, healthcare database, you can sync it wherever. And like all these applications do it. Like the Withings one does it. And it's, it's like one numcoach or something on human. And like they all do it. They start with their own service. You're just not allowed to store these information into iCloud. Okay. Why iCloud in particular? I mean, you could store it on your own service. 
that may not be yeah, secure. Yeah, you're allowed to store it on your own service, just not iCloud. I don't know why. And Apple doesn't do it. So, I don't know. So all that data is on the phone and not in iCloud, period, the end. Yeah. But you could, if you're a third-party developer, you can, you can, uh, you're allowed to store it on your servers and like give people the ability to like synchronize their data with the server. Right. You can trust me, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working for your insurance company. No. Did you just eat a cookie? Yeah, I'd actually be a little concerned about the implications of that. Yeah. But I guess if they're storing the data they're getting in a third-party system and you know that, then you can just not grant them access. Yeah. Like, you always have to, like, the developer always has to ask for permission and the user is always able to just say no. And then you get nothing. Yeah. But you, don't most... even, you don't even get back, like, permission denied or something. You just get nil back. So, like, you just get nothing. There's just no information for you as a developer. So you can't come back and go, come on, really? Yeah, no, it's just, there's just no information you get back. That's like a safety precaution Apple did so uh-huh. that I guess you just can't be annoying as a developer for the users. Gotcha. So what are you using HealthKit for? Right now, I'm working actually for an insurance in Germany, <laughs> but uh-huh. I'm not really allowed to tell like what insurance and what I'm specifically working on. Well, I can just say it's an insurance and it's more of a like, test project just to see what is possible and what would be useful and yeah. So there's like a lot of testing involved and like a lot of talking with experts and uh, yes. Well, I could see one application that wouldn't bother me too much for insurance and that is, is if you're trying to get uh, health or life insurance and they want you to apply, it may be more convenient to send them this kind of data as opposed to actually filling out the form. And then, so one thing that I've experienced trying to get life insurance is that they send somebody, sent somebody out to my house. And uh, that person then had to do like this health assessment on me, you know, before I could get insurance. And it'd be nice if I could just say, well, you know, if you trust Apple, then you can just use my health kit data. Would yeah, you? I guess the insurance system is kind of different in, in the U.S. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess like the insurances trust their customers less. But there was just today, there was a uh, survey in Germany about like if people would send these kind of data to their insurances. I think 32% said yes, but only if they get benefits out of it. Right. So if you like do a beneficial program, I don't know, like you can get like a monthly, right? Yeah, like you get a lower premium off, or something. Yeah, like percent, like that, that amount, like I don't know, like just five percent off of your monthly fee, but like on a monthly basis. Yeah, I think the thing that people are concerned about here is that the insurance company would get information that would tell them that they are sicker than the insurance company thinks they are, and so then their rates would go up. Yes, and I, I can entirely relate to that, and I wouldn't send these kind of information. But what I truly believe what is like useful is if you can like save, I don't know, like $15 or something a month on insurance, 
if you just send like your daily step count or something to them, yeah. like the daily steps you've taken, like, and you just do like, okay, there's a maximum amount you can save of like, I don't know, $30. And if people could save like $15 or $10 a month, like, yeah, they might I would do, do that. that because you, for $15, like, you get a lot of for that. If you just like take $15 and go to a grocery store or something, you get like, some stuff for that. Well, and depending on which gym you go to, I mean, that could pay for the gym, at least the really inexpensive ones. Uh, for yeah, example, like, for example, my gym is 20 euros uh, a month, which is... So that's another area, it's though, like $23. That, might, that might be interesting, right, is, you know, for health businesses, so businesses like gyms or places like that, where, you know, they are in the business of, of helping people be more healthy, you know, it might be interesting to them to see how, what the demographics are of the people who are coming to their gym. And then not necessarily the demographics as far as men, women, whatever, which health kit also captures incidentally, but then it also just the information on, you know, generally our members get so many steps in a week or their heart rate is, is this, you know, if you have an eye watch or, or an iWatch, an Apple Watch, and you have all that information being captured or whatever, you know, they tend to lose two pounds a week. Or, you know, we find that a certain demographic loses two pounds a week and another demographic gains two pounds a week. All of that information could be interesting to pull together. Yes. Or well, I can imagine for like an, a gym or something that if you collect this kind of data, like their personal trainers would be able to work easier because they just don't have the information of like seeing you in that moment training but they could have access to information from like i don't know the past month and look in like that kind of data and say okay like you kind of slacked off there in this week and you should do more of that and this is like their advice would be like targeted and better Mm -hmm. what type of data is likely to be on a user's phone so I've got like sleep data on my health app from Sleep Cycle. I was hoping maybe cycling information would be there from Matt My Ride, not there. For cycling, I know that I don't know how it's pronounced. It's like Strava or Strava or whatever. There's like this cycling and running community online. They're saving actively the data into HealthKit they're collecting from like the the bike rides and stuff. They're also featured by Apple. If you go into the App Store and search for health or health kit like the first uh, match you get is like a big box with like health with the application like and promoted applications and then for like yeah for like a lot of you need like really accessories for like sleep or whatever like sleep for example there's like some kind of monitors you put next to your bed and they somehow measure if you're awake or asleep or and they save it into this. Yeah, I it have... sounds like most of the data is pretty niche. Yeah, well, I guess there will be more development and like more accessories and more applications that use this and more actively use it and better use it than right now. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if there's some form of, for example, grabbing all this data and then like building a fitness score, right? So. You know, it has your age information, your weight information. It has how active you are off of your steps or your stairs or whatever. You know, so it could give you a score and then give you ideas maybe of 
how to do better and even gamify it a little bit, right? And I know that the Fitbit stuff does that some, but it'd be really interesting to see that, you know, overall. You know, here's how you could increase your score this way or that way. Yes, I guess that's kind of hard to do without actually seeing the people. Because, for example, if you take, like, the body mass index, which is, like, the standardized, like, measuring tool for people to get the, like, how fit they are or not, but this totally doesn't respect, like, muscle mass and Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. So just because your BMI is, like, slightly higher doesn't imply that you're, like, fat or anything. You could be... I mean, like, people who are, like, like bodybuilders, like, really, really working on their body, like, they are just really muscly and they're just heavy because they train a lot, not because they're fat. So this is kind of hard to, to calculate, I guess. Yeah, I suppose that's true, but it still might be interesting to, you know, just to see. I mean, you should be able to tell, you know, from their movement and stuff, at least how active they are and... It'd be interesting to me at least to see, you know, how that would work out. So even if you just ignored BMI, but, you know, maybe you had a measured body fat uh, percentage or something like that, then you could say, hey, you know, you might want to improve this. And it looks like you don't get very many steps. So getting steps might be a good way to do it. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, just just a lot of possible choices that could lead to false like fitness score or whatever. And well I'm I'm quite interested in what people would do with HealthKit and like for example you have like all these information like what kind of minerals and all the stuff you put into your body. And there are applications which have like huge databases of like food and what all the ingredients are and how much um of these ingredients like for example minerals or just whatever uh, in these kind of meals and they calculate all this and save it into into healthkit and this is really interesting to obviously this is not entirely correct these information but i think it's still kind of interesting to see like how much of what you're putting into your body just from what you eat i mean what we're talking about trying to quantify fitness health it, it's a really it's a hard problem and from a number of points you know we're very early in the ability to kind of quantify any type of health from inputs into a device i think if we really truly understood this stuff then we would be able to more accurately diagnose things we would be more able to tell people exactly what they need to do to fix their health but in a lot of cases our doctors don't have enough information to make the right diagnosis all the time. And I'm really curious to see where this will go as we start to measure this stuff. Yeah, so I was curious about the idea of uh, sort of the the metrics that we are able to measure. For instance, I'm, I'm just coming from a sports background and working on a sports app. My concern a lot of times is like daily workouts. And a lot of that's not easily mapped to some of the health metrics that we currently have. But it would be nice, and, and this this may be something that opens up in the future, uh, the ability to log things like it, it would help if I knew how many push-ups someone was doing or how many reps of a particular exercise like squat someone was doing. I could track that. I could make sense of that data without having to have some sort of predefined definition of, of, of quantifying what's good and what's bad there. And if it, HealthKit was opened 
to be able to share those kinds of things because they're common enough that people know what they are, but they're not really metrics of, of health. Yeah, no, it's more, it's always more like workout related, I guess. Like it's way easier to calculate how much calories you have burned or like doing this, this is like work because there's like, there's some, uh, some kinds of standards that are known for this kind of stuff. So if you take, I don't know, you've been running at like at speed of like 10 kilometers per hour or something for like half an hour, we can calculate almost precisely uh, how many calories you have burned running in that half an hour. But to re-quantify how fit in general a person is, is really, really hard. And I don't entirely believe that there will be a fixed measuring point for for anyone to re-get this. Yeah, I think my point really was that I really enjoy uh, the gamification aspect of things that we measure. You know, that's something that gets me going, you know, if I'm working toward a badge or trying to solve a particular, you know, issue in my own, you know, life or health or whatever, you know, I get I get motivated by that. And so that's where I think it's really interesting is, okay, we're measuring all of these health metrics, so, you know, let's go ahead and make a game out of getting more steps or make a game out of, you know, this or that. And so, you know, it's not really that there's some number or some measurement of how fit or healthy I am, but more just something there that motivates me to, you know, to get up and move or to go do specific things or whatever. Yes, it's, I, I will, I kind of believe by now that the health kit is more, yeah, like a database to store all these information and people are able to put all these information they have put together from all these different applications they use and can easily show like what they have done and like how far they, they ran or like how many calories they burned or whatever and uh, show to friends. Like maybe if you go two or three times to gym every week with a friend and you both have like similar devices or the same devices and you measure how yeah, like who's better, who's more efficient, who burn more calories and this kind of stuff. So it's like some somehow gamification and you get all these information right at your fingertip. I think that's really, really good for the user. Mm-hmm. Because you, you really empower the the user because you give them a lot of information about their body like really, really easily. So I think it's really, really good. Even though I'm not a friend of all these wearables that are announced or about to come like there were a bunch announced at ces uh like a week ago Mm -hmm. two weeks ago and i'm not a friend of all the stuff that was announced but a lot of them do the right thing and go into the right direction yeah i think it's i think it's going to be a shake out there as far as the devices and i also think that there, there definitely needs to be sort of a I don't know how open they want to make it, but I like the idea of HealthKit as a store kit, a storehouse of information that's available when granted permission, of course, and allow app developers to sort of interpret that data as needed for the application that they're working on. Um, I think there is some power there and there. It's just a matter right now. I think of kind of getting bearings on, on what's there, what can be placed there, what we can use once we sort of get clearer and a little more openness there, I think you can, you'll start to see some really cool applications develop. Yeah, definitely. And Apple kind of did it with the health kit similar to the past books. They just, they were just like all these applications have like their own 
system how to get these and store these and how they look and whatnot. And they said, we just do, we do all the heavy lifting for you and you just implement it and we empower the user together. And it's, it's really easy for everyone. And they did kind of the same thing with, with HealthKit where they empower the user and do all this for the developer. They do all the heavy lifting and like I said, the APIs are really, really nice. And I've only come to one thing I don't like, and that's if you want to query data from a specific data type and you want to query against sources, you can only specify one source. And that's that's kind of stupid in my opinion because obviously there, there are a lot of sources uh, when you have a lot of accessories just for steps. You may, maybe... It takes the information from your phone and then like your up band or Fitbit or whatever. And so I think they really have to add the ability to query against more than just one source. So if I understand you correctly, I, I thought I, I may be misunderstanding the definition of the source. I was assuming that the source would be the device itself and there was a single store in HealthKit. Are you saying that there, if there are, if there's data coming from say a Fitbit versus data that's uh, measured directly by the M7 chip or M8 on the device that those are considered separate sources? They are considered separate sources because you always need a source if you want to write anything that this is an absolute rule. Like you can't, like even Apple doesn't get past it. If you go into the health application and go into the step counter and go into all data and just like pick one of those steps, you will see that it says as the source your your like the name of your phone, and for example, if like I have the Polar H7, like the strap for your chest, mm-hmm. and that is listed as a as Polar H7, and then like in UUID behind that, but that's not really important. It's only important that is like you always need a source for yeah for storing information. Oh, you're right. This could be a pain because then if you're trying to aggregate data from multiple sources, then you could potentially have things that are counted twice. Yeah, you'd have to do the work yes, yourself. They're counted, yeah, they're counted twice. Or, for example, like this cheat prevention you want to do, like you want to say, okay, I, I take every source except the ones that are from, I don't know, this and that source. So you can like specify the data you don't want to do. And since you can't do that, you have to ask for all the data and the more data you have, the longer the, the queries take. Like just with the steps right now, and I have my, my iPhone 6 since December. Yeah. It takes forever to get just the list of all the steps. And then, then you had to do the sorting manually within your, your application. So then if, if I have my phone in my pocket and my Fitbit on my wrist or on my belt, and I go for a run, does it count the steps twice then if I'm pulling data in from the Fitbit? I don't know about that because I don't have a Fitbit and I don't have an up-band or anything. I am going to buy one by the time the new devices that were announced at CS are out. Mm-hmm. Because all the new devices have, like the Apple Watch, have a heart rate sensor built in. Mm-hmm. And they're all supposed to work with HealthKit out of the box. So by the time they're available, I will go and buy one of these and have to look at it. But right now, I have no idea. But probably, yeah, if both devices 
like they don't know of each other, so they right. probably just write. That's interesting. Yeah, just they both write into into HealthKit. I guess it's just to prevent data loss. They just do it blindly, huh? Which is which is understandable, right? Well, and this is something that they can get smarter at later, right? Yeah. I mean that this it's something that we've seen other companies do. For example, Google as they were developing their search algorithms, they collected a ton of data and then they were able to then go back and refine their algorithms so that people were more likely to get the correct results when they did a search. And I'm guessing that Apple's probably going to do the same kind of thing where they have all kinds of information about how the health data is gathered and things like that, and then they can come back and say, okay, uh, we've got enough information now to tweak our algorithms and make them behave this way. Yes, and I guess the problem is that if nobody has done this before, like everything you do is edge case. So everything you do is testing and you have to think, you have to A, think of everything and B, you have to provide the logic for everything if you write this kind of a framework for everyone to use. So I guess that whoever did this kind of stuff at Apple, they really, really had to think of the possible data that could be gathered by an in fitness or health accessory or application and provide the proper units and everything to calculate it and store it. Yep. So I guess this is really, that was really, really hard for them. And like I said, everything turned out really nice and reusable. Everything is really complex, but I understand by the time, like when you start reading it, you get to like the point, oh, this is super nice. And then you get, to the point, it's like, this is horrible. Why is this so complex? And then when you keep reading, you understand that, for example, they support the, the unit stones because mm-hmm. they apparently still measure stuff in stones in England. I didn't know of that. So they support that kind of unit. I don't know for what, but they do support it. So you have to like do a lot of stuff to just get numbers, like <laughs> simple numbers out of it. All right, anything else we should talk about with this before we go to picks? I wouldn't know of anything. I'm good. All right. Uh, well, thanks for sharing all this information. Alondo, do you want to start us off with picks? Yeah, I've got two picks this week, and uh, my first one actually is health-related. Uh, it's the new year, and a lot of uh, my, myself and my coworkers are, are you know, kicking off new year trying to get healthy. Uh, so I picked up The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss. I don't know if people are familiar with his 4-Hour Workweek uh, book, but one of my coworkers has also had read the book and recommended it. So it is my first pick for the week. And my second pick is a book called School for Startups. It's sort of a, a guide for uh, startups to get ramped up really quickly and make money. Actually, one of the authors is Jim Beach, Chris Hanks, and I'm um, blanking on the third author. But Jim Beach was my professor when I was in business school. Um, he's a really great professor. He did a great job of explaining starting a business the way the school wants you to teach it and then the way he actually did it. So uh, he, he has a really uh, approachable method. Uh, he's really relatable, and I think people would get something out of it. So those are my two picks. Awesome. James, do you have some picks for us? Uh, no picks today because I can't get more than four seconds in. <laughs> that sucks. Sorry. I've got a couple of picks today. The first one is Slack. I think that might have been picked on the show before. Slack is a a chat uh, application 
It's a web app. It's based online. And I'm really digging it. It's really awesome. So uh, I'm going to pick Slack. One other pick I have, and this is something that I brought up in a previous episode, and I got some encouragement from Jame. Um, I went to a Toastmasters meeting last week, and it was awesome. So I'm probably going to be going in the future. I paid my dues so I can be a member of the club, got the books, and I'm going to be trying to get my competent communicator. So anyway, it's really cool. And I sort of set a goal for myself to get better at speaking, but I really need to get some debt paid down. And so I'm probably not going to be traveling, which kind of precludes me from going out to the SCORE conference, which is in Orlando, uh, Florida. So anyway, I'll probably do that next year. And this year I'll just be doing uh, the other awesome stuff with Toastmasters. And Constantine asked in the chat, isn't Slack kind of like IRC? Yeah, it's a lot like IRC. Um, the thing I like about it is that it's persistent. In other words, I can ask a question in there and it stays in there. I'm pretty sure I can go in and change my chats. But yeah, you get channels. I can bring people into just one channel and it doesn't cost me anything. Or I can bring people into... Uh, multiple channels and just, you know, pay for them to have an account on my account. And it's really nice. So yeah, uh, definitely liking chat there. There's a ton of other stuff you can do with it as well. I'm looking at getting into Hubot, uh, which is, uh, an automation bot for IRC channels, or I think GitHub actually built it for, I want to say hip chat, but anyway, you can actually use it or modify it to run in IRC and, Slack and stuff. And so that's another thing that I'm really looking at doing that I'm, I'm liking about it. So yeah, those are my picks. Uh, Constantine, do you have some picks for us? I have three picks. I have, well, the first one is the Polar H7, which is really nice. If you want to track like your heart rate, it's comfortable to wear and it's like, it's really not annoying and it works right out of the box, uh, with HealthKit because I really like that because the Polar applications are not very nice. And since it works directly out of the box with HealthKit, there's no need for me to like even touch the Polar applications. So that's really nice. My second pick is like having little projects, like weekend projects that are easy to maintain. That's really, really nice. It's like little challenges you always have and you always better yourself. So for example, I just ordered little Bluetooth beacons like eye beacons well it's like a it's like an arduino chip with like a bluetooth chip on it and it's fully hackable and programmable it's it's amazing i will provide a link if anyone is interested and they're really, really nice i wasn't able to like do a lot with them yet but they're really nice and the third one is traveling because i just love traveling and i love going abroad and I love going to different places and see different cultures and it's always yeah always keeps you open-minded and interested in well not just traveling but like in in the ways people do it in different places and they might do it better in different places than people do it in your country or in like your town or whatever so i really like traveling awesome well thanks for coming I don't know that I have any announcements other than that I'm considering doing an in-person meetup uh, out here in Utah, maybe in Park City or Salt Lake City. So if you are interested in coming out for something like that, maybe spending the night in one of those cities, just let me know. But yeah, it's probably going to be like a, a dinner, get together, meetup, hack night, that kind of thing. 
And I'm also looking at just pulling something together for some of the conferences out here that I'll be attending. But none of those are iOS conferences. So anyway, if you're interested, yeah, just send me an email or tweet me and let me know. Uh, my email's chuck at devchat.tv. And with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks for coming. We'll catch you all next week. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Would you like to join a conversation with the iFreaks and their guests? Want to support the show? We have a form that allows you to join the conversation and support the show at the same time. You can sign up at iFreakShow.com slash forum. 